It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Coming to you from the heart of Silicon Valley, this is CUDA Confidential, the official podcast of the San Jose Barracuda, AHL affiliate of the San Jose Sharks. Now, here's your host, Nick Nolenberger. The Barracuda played just one game over the week, wrapping up its three-game road trip in Bakersfield on Wednesday. Stefan Nason would give the Barracuda a 1-0 lead in the first period at 7:27, marking the first time in five games against the Condors that the team managed to score a first-period goal. Nason, right-wing side, D. Simone. Now he spots Shellman. He has lots of time and space to the back door. D. Simone! And the second chance, Nason, he scores! It was D. Simone who had the glorious opportunity, and Stuart Skinner came up with a masterful pedal stop. But Stefan Nason is able to bang it home on the rebound, and he has his first goal as a member of the Barracuda. And the Barracuda have their first first period goal against Bakersfield this season. Sam Harvey stopped all 17 shots he faced in the first, and the game remained 1-0 in favor of the Barracuda after one. In the second, veteran Adam Cracknell would cross a pass to Ostop Seffen, who would wire a shot over the left shoulder of Sam Harvey to tie the game up at 1-1. The neutral zone, but flicked it back in on net. To the right side, they score! Barracuda can't clear the puck, and Bakersfield ends up getting it over to Ostop Seffen, who snaps it home. And he's got his first since the 2017-18 season. March 31st of 2018 was the last time Ostop Seffen scored in the American Hockey League. He spent last year in the ECHL. But Noel Gregor would chip a puck around Cooper Marodi in the neutral zone, race up ice on a breakaway, and beat Stuart Skinner at 12-22 to give the Barracuda a 2-1 lead. We're tied at 1-1, live from Bakersfield. McLeod with the puck for the Condors, carries it up to the point, drops right at the blue line for Gravel, slapped away by the Barracuda. Here's a chance potentially for Gregor. He moves in all alone. Gregor shoots. He scores! Noah Gregor able to slip beyond the defense, and he snaps it past Stuart Skinner, and the Barracuda are back up by a goal. Less than three minutes later, Tyler Benson snapped in his sixth of the year, tying the game up at 2-2, as Cooper Marodi picked up the primary assist to extend his point streak to 14 straight games. Now backhanded in deep by Cracknell. He will make a change centered in front. They score. It's Benson and the Barracuda again can't get it out of their own end. And again, it ends up in the back of their net. Two minutes and 54 seconds into the third, Seffen would score again right off the faceoff to give the Condors a 3-2 lead. Cracknell has just been excellent off the draws and right off the faceoff. Seffen scores. 
Allstop Safin as his second of the night. Cracktel tied up his man. Cracktel's gonna have his third assist of the evening. With time running out, Joachim Blickfeld managed to tie the game up at 17-27 with his team leading 10th of the season. Blickfeld, he's got Gregor. Back to Blickfeld. Had a man in true. Where's the puck? It ends up in the net. They score! A pinball job. Blickfeld's going to get credited with the goal. His team leading 10th of the year. And we are tied at 3-3. A little bit of lady luck. In overtime, the Barracuda will go on to the power play as Marodi was called for tripping. But San Jose couldn't manage to win it in OT. And we would go to a shootout. In round five of the shootout, Seth Griffith would score and Noah Gregor would be denied by Stuart Skinner as the Condors improved to 5-1 and one against the Barracuda this year and 3-0 and oh when the game went beyond 60 minutes. For the Condors, Griffith will bring it in, shoots and scores. So the Barracuda will have to answer back. It'll be Noah Gregor as a goal tonight. He'll have to score. And puts it to around number five. Gregor will collect at center. Snaking his way into the offensive zone. Takes it way right. Shut. The save is made by Skinner. And the Bakersfield Condors win the hockey game. And they extend their winning point streak on home ice to 10 games. They pick up another victory against the Barracuda. The Cuda have picked up points in four straight games against the Condors but just one victory. The Barracuda and Condors will square off for the seventh time this month on Tuesday at Solar for America Ice. The voice of the Condors, Ryan Holt, joins us next. San Jose recycles clean. Empty and scrape food and liquid from containers before recycling. Putting food and liquid soiled items in your recycling bin can make otherwise good recyclables too dirty to be recycled. Visit SanJoseRecycles.org for guides and videos on how to recycle clean in San Jose. That's SanJoseRecycles.org. San Jose recycles clean. Empty and scrape containers before recycling. Brought to you by the City of San Jose Environmental Services Department and Santa Clara County. You gotta see it to believe it. The future of car buying is here. Hey, it's Shondell Grant of the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Oak Tree Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. And I'm proud to present No Brainer Checkout, the online car buying experience that's, well, a no-brainer. Do everything from start to finish completely online. Get a Kelly Blue Book trade-in value. Get loan pre-approval, customize lease, finance, and purchase options. Even schedule the pickup or delivery of your brand new Mazda. It's a whole new way to buy a car. It's a whole new way to be happy. Spend less time at the dealership and more time enjoying your brand new Mazda. Shop online, buy online. Don't miss some of the most exciting incentives in our history. Join over 250,000 happy car buyers and experience the future of car buying with our exclusive no-brainer checkout at the Bay Area DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo.
Condors went onto the road to kickstart a road trip. They were in Irvine against San Diego. They were also in El Segundo against the Ontario Reign. Both uh, games, the, the group uh, mustered just one goal. It's a team that uh, is near the top of the league in the American Hockey League when it comes to scoring goals. So what happened over the weekend? What was uh, the issue with the group? Yeah, I think, you know, Friday night there was penalties in the first period, kind of took uh, took the Condors out of the game early on. Uh, the rhythm just just wasn't there. And, you know, be, before you looked up, it was 2 nothing San Diego. And, you know, the Condors were chasing the game for the majority of it. Uh, Saturday, I thought, was a, a better representation of, of the Condors overall. Um, had some some better looks offensively. Um, but, yeah, you're right. You know, the, the offense dried up a little bit over the weekend. Um, you know, that being said, it's been a, a pretty consistent offense all season long. Um, but certainly some things to, to clean up. And, you know, if you look at it, the, the team on the road hasn't, you know, and it's all the same because there's no fans in the buildings and, you know, half the buildings are, are practice rinks. But, um, you know, if you look at the road record, the team hasn't been nearly as good on the road. So that's something that, you know, needs to clean up here in the, the second half of the season as, you know, we hit the, the 20 game mark here this weekend. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens on uh, on Tuesday against you guys. Looking at the schedule, you look at the Barracuda in the month of March, very road heavy. I think probably 80 percent, 85 percent of the games were on the road. For your group, a lot of a lot of games uh, within your building, and as you alluded to, there's no fans. But I think there is something about sleeping in your own bed and, and playing in a building that you're comfortable in. It'll be a very road heavy schedule for the Condors going into April. A lot more uh, games away from Mechanics Bank Arena. So, you know, there's no perfect formula for for being a good road team, but certainly an opportunity, I think, for the Condors as you go onto the road quite a bit this next month, uh, maybe to to bring their team even closer than they already were. So, what has been the difference? Do you feel like when the team has been away from its home building? Is it just a situation where guys are you know more comfortable? They get to sleep in their own bed. You know, there's the, just that comfort level about being home yeah i think you know a lot of the road games and you know this was the case on friday the the, the starts haven't been there um for the condors for whatever reason um you know at home it, it seems like you know it's a 3-1 game or a 2-1 game after one and you know that's been the the formula for success for this you know bakersfield team team to get off to good starts in the first period well that hasn't really been the case you know on the road um you know they were down two nothing on friday it was a scoreless game uh, in ontario on saturday and again you know giving up the opening goal of the game and chasing it um you know in the game on saturday it hasn't really been the the recipe for success for for the condors you know when 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 they have been winning and playing winning hockey so um you know simplifying a little bit and and getting you know, some, some reps on the road would be good. And then, um, you know, I think it just boils down to a, a confidence thing. And, and, you know, we saw that, that, you know, when the team rattled off nine straight, it was, you know, the team could do no wrong. And, and now it seems like, you know, for, for a couple of games, you know, nothing's going in, nothing's going right. And, you know, every bounce seems to be going the other way too. So that's just, uh, that's just life. And that's just the game of hockey. And, um, you know, I think overall, I think the team's in a good spot uh, here heading into the second half of the season. We're talking to Ryan Holt, the voice of the Bakersfield Condors. You look at the Barracuda and Condors, a quarter of the schedule is against one another. Ten games this season on a 40-game schedule for the Barracuda against Bakersfield. So for San Jose's case, they've got to find a way to figure out uh, how to beat these guys because uh, Bakersfield has found a way three different times beyond 60 minutes to pick up a victory. And so far in the six meetings against one another, the Barracuda have picked up just one win. That was on St. Patrick's Day by a score of four to three. You're around these guys. You know, you've 
interviewed the coaches and the players leading into these games. Just from your opinion, from you know, from the naked eye, uh, what has been kind of the key to success for for the Condors so far when going against the Barracuda? Well, I, I think for, first and foremost, and, and this is you know different in, in every team's case, but maybe more so this year for the Condors is, you know, the roster has kind of remained the same, you know, the entire season. Uh, and that's, you know, something we knew going in just because of the border restrictions and the travel restrictions going from, you know, the U S to Canada. And that I don't think has been the case, you know, for a lot of teams, San Jose, you know, kind of, lumped into that uh, to an extent as well too with with guys going up and down and moving off the taxi squad different goaltenders different looks and things like that um, that said you know you mentioned you know three of the games going past uh, you know past regulation a couple of overtimes a couple of comebacks a couple of shootouts in there so you know this has been uh, a pretty tightly contested uh, you know season series and you know points have been shared you know for for a good chunk of it and um, you know I think it was you know, just a situation, I think, in that, that one week there where, you know, the Condors were, were red hot and kind of ran into ran into San Jose at kind of at the right time. And, and now we'll see what happens here coming up this week. And, you know, you mentioned seven games over, uh, I think it was three weeks here or three and a half weeks. So uh, kind of sick of seeing you guys, but uh, don't mind running, running into you. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been an interesting season, interesting season series, and uh, we'll see what happens tomorrow night. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure you uh, appreciate seeing me. You're probably sick of my face as well. But uh, yeah, it'll, it'll lighten up the schedule a little bit after this. Um, Cooper Marodi, 14-game point streak that was snapped this weekend. He leads the American Hockey League in goals and in points. He has been just stellar this year. What do you think has been the key to his breakout season? Yeah, I think one, first off, he's healthy. And, and that's something that he wasn't last year. And, you know, he had a bunch of, you know, minor injuries. He had a concussion that he was battling as well, too. And and never really felt himself, uh, you know, for the entirety of last season, even when he was playing, I, I don't think. Um, so you kind of look at two years ago when, when him and Benson really they took off as rookies as more of a, you know, a benchmark for, for what he can be at this, uh, at this level. Now that season, he was more of the distributor. He was more of the, uh, the centerman, um, you know, to, to be able to drive a line as opposed to this year where he's moved to the wing. Uh, he's kind of in that shooter's mentality and it, it's paid off for him. And I think, you know, Jay Woodcroft kind of mentioned this, that, you know, being on the wing might be his path to the NHL. Um, you know, he, he doesn't have to, you know, move the puck to the neutral zone. He's not being asked to carry the line. He's being asked to, you know, have kind of that shot first mentality. He's got a good shot. He's fine in the back of the net. He leads the team. He leads the team. He leads the league in goals as well, too. But, um, you know, he's really, you know, hit it off with, with Benson again, just because they're two similar type of players in the sense that they both like to distribute, but they also benefited from having Ryan McLeod on that line. You know, McLeod's probably the, you know, one of, if not the fastest guys in the American Hockey League. And he's been able to really put pressure on decors through the neutral zone, through traffic, and really free up space for Benson and Marodi. And, you know, when you give those two space, it proves to be a deadly combo. So, um, you know, it's a different Coop Marodi this year. He's being asked to do different th things. And um, at the end of the day, it's going to help him in the long run moving forward. Speaking of Tyler Benson, it's been Marodi's running mate since they came into the American Hockey League three years ago. He's just on his uh, coattails when it comes to uh, points. He's in second in scoring in the league. Aside from just reps and that comfort uh, level being together for the last three years, what makes you know Benson and Marodi such a dynamic duo, being that you could look at the stats 
and you could say they're probably the most dynamic duo in the AHL. Yeah, I think it just boils down to, you know, Benson's an elite, you know, an elite offensive gifted player. He has been his entire life. Um, you know, he set records in Edmonton, you know, dating back to like Bantam hockey uh, up there with like 500 points in a season or something like that. But, um, you know, he's just an elite offensive player and, and his vision, you know, is next level, um, you know, where, where he has to improve. And, you know, I don't even know if he has to improve this at the next level, but certainly they look at his skating, you know, can he skate at the next level and, and can he still find that space to make those plays? I think players like that, no matter what level they play at, just because of their, you know, ability to kind of find seams, to find places to move the puck, I think they can play at any level and still find success. Now, is he going to be a point-per-game guy at the NHL? I don't know. But at the end of the day, you know, he he has proven, you know, his worth of, of getting another shot. Him, Marodi, you know, McLeod, you look at, has kind of hasn't gotten the shot yet. And when he probably does, he's probably not going to give it up. So, um, you know, those two, Marodi and Benson, have at least earned another shot, you know, at the NHL level, I think, um, you know, to show what, what they can do. It, I mean, if you're a point-per-game guy in the American Hockey League, that has to translate at 23 years old to the NHL at some point, I would imagine. Um, so for Benson, you know, he, he is – brought it day in and day out you know since he's been here in bakersfield for, for three seasons he's averaged over a point a game here in bakersfield um and you know i think this year more than maybe last year or the year year prior he's taken on more of a leadership role he's taken on you know really ownership of his game and not only helping you know himself but also helping kind of the the younger group and he's kind of in the younger group but he's kind of the you know the head younger group guy i guess if you will and you know he's really taken ownership of that He's on our penalty kill for the first time, uh, I think, in his, you know, Condor's career. So he's adding that tool to his uh, to his belt. And, uh, you know, we'll see where it lands him, you know, moving forward into the summer. But, uh, yeah, it's been fun to watch that line, no doubt. When we caught up before the season started, I asked you, who, who's a guy that people should look out for? And the player you mentioned was Ryan McLeod. Last year, as a rookie, didn't put up huge numbers, but you see the speed. It jumps out at you when you see him play. But what indicated to you that Ryan was going to be able to come into his second year and really make a big leap in his career. You know, it's funny because, you know, obviously I just sit up in the booth and, and watch the games, but I, I always like to, to hear it from, you know, the players and, and from the guys around the dressing room and, and talking with guys like Brad Malone, Luke Esposito, and, you know, Bugsy was one of the first ones to kind of say, you know, this, this kid's a, you know, an everyday NHL player. And again, you look at the stats last year and you might look at it on the, you know, on the, periphery and say well uh w what's going on here but you know at the end of the day it, it takes another year you know it's a it's an upward arrow he's in his second year um and he's really coming to his own and he started slow a little bit this year as well too but he's really taken off here over the last couple of weeks and uh it's been good to see he's you know now that Raphael was here you know there's two two second round picks on the team and that's really the you know, extent of the last, you know, two, three years uh, for forward picks uh, for the Oilers organization here in Bakersfield. So uh, McLeod's one of them. He's one that, you know, they want to develop into an everyday NHL player, you know, in the near future. And, um, you know, I don't think there's any question that he's going to get there. It's just a matter of when does he get there and, you know, what type of role does he have? But, 
the good thing for Ryan is he's not just an offensive player. He's a 200-foot player. Doesn't have to be in your top six to be successful. He can kill penalties. He can go out and, you know, and be a solid checking uh, centerman as well, too. Um, you know, his improvement this year has been on the faceoff dot, which, you know, if you're going to be a bottom six forward in the NHL, you got to win faceoff. So, um, you know, I think he's got a bright future. And, you know, unlike maybe Benson and Marodi, who maybe need to be in that kind of top six role uh, to have success, he can go down in the bottom six, play seven, eight minutes a night, and still find ways to impact a hockey game. Alan Quine was the guy who was supposed to be an impact player as a veteran for your group this year. He's been on long-term injured reserve. But you have Adam Cracknell, who came in late, a veteran player, 35 years old. Now, I think he's almost up to around 900 games in his professional career. No points over his first five. I was reading in the game notes, and then he had points in 12 consecutive games, not consecutively, but 12 points over a 12-game span. He had three assists against the Barracuda on Wednesday. What has made Cracknell such an effective player for your group so far this year? Yeah, well, first off, he's the you know first one out of practice, and you know he's not the last one to leave, but he's certainly the, the first one out there, and, and he's warming up the goaltenders, which I thought for a 35-year-old was uh, pretty impressive. And, you know, he takes every morning skate, which is – impressive too because they're all optional now especially nowadays and you don't have to go out there and yet he's you know at the rank at 7 30 and ready to go on the ice at 8 30 which is uh fairly impressive so i think you know just him being around this team and you know guys being able to see how he goes about it on a day-to-day basis is is pretty impressive he's not slowing down either and you know you get kind of in that age bracket of guys you know and it's 30 to 35 or whatever it is in the american hockey league now and you know, you kind of, those are valuable spots because you only have a couple of them, you know, especially up front and especially with, you know, the amount of draft picks that end up coming in through the organization. So if you're going to use those spots on somebody, I'd want to use it on a guy like Adam Cracknell. Uh, He's been terrific. Him and Seth Griffith have been a running mate, you know, for pretty much the entire season. They're starting to heat up as well too over the last couple of weeks. And, um, you know, he's a, you know, he's a gifted player. He's a, you know, a a great guy off the ice. um, And he's using his abilities, which is, you know, he's a big body and he takes up a lot of space down low and, you know, he's able to kind of park himself in front of the nets and, you know, that's finding success. So um, happy to have him here because, uh, you know, he's been, he's been very good for the team. Brad Malone, your captain has been your color commentator for almost the entire (laughs) month because he's been out since early March, but a guy who provides so much from a leadership standpoint, but still putting up points in the American league too, at this point in his career, he's been out for the month, but you've got a lot of other guys who have filled in from a leadership standpoint. Do you feel like you look at the veterans on this team? Do you feel like that has been a really big key to the team success so far is the depth of leadership? Yeah, and I think, you know, and, and we knew this kind of going into the season, if it was a normal year, you know, this team was going to be pretty good offensively just if you started looking at it. And then obviously, you know, with the restrictions and the taxi squads and things like that, some players never made it to Bakersfield. Some players stayed in Europe. Some players are just coming over from Europe. So, um, you know, that's kind of the the nature of the beast. But, you know, I think one thing we knew is that the players that were going to be here, you know, were a solid core uh, of guys who, you know, we knew we could rely upon. Those are guys like Brad Malone, Esposito, Gambardella, um, you know, then it kind of trickles down to the two guys we brought in from other organizations with Cracknell and Griffith, um, Quine kind of throwing that mix, but, but he's been out for the majority of the season. And then, you know, you kind of have that, that younger leadership core of, of Marodi and, and Benson to be able to kind of, you know, hook up with the, the younger guys to be able to get their thoughts. So um, I think overall, I think, you know, I kind of knew that 
you know, there was no shortage of uh, leaders on the team. There was no shortage of guys who had success at the American Hockey League level. It was just a matter of which combination of players was going to be here in Bakersfield. And, um, you know, Brad did a heck of a job uh, uh, with me in the booth the last uh, couple of weeks. And hopefully, uh, I think he's back skating at least. So hopefully, uh, I don't think we'll see him tomorrow night. But I think, uh, you know, later on down the road here, we'll get him back in the lineup where uh, where he's definitely better than, than a color commentator. But he does have a future if, uh, if you'd like it. Yeah, I was going to ask you, is that something that he's expressed to you at all? Would he consider once uh, he does decide to hang up the skates? Does he have any, you know, uh, motivation to get into the booth? Because I think he's a natural from listening to it. He's certainly uh, very educated on the game, having played for as long as he has. But he's able to articulate that as well. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think he just enjoys the game of hockey and enjoys sports. And, uh, you know, we've always joked about it if we ever had the opportunity. And, you know, fortunately. Unfortunately, um, you know, we had the opportunity the last couple of weeks, so uh, I'm happy to have his insight because, you know, as I said, it's easy for me to, you know, say it for myself, but it takes on a different role when you, when you hear a guy like, you know, Brad Malone say it or, you know, him break down, uh, him break down a game as well, too. So, uh, you know, I think he wants to stay in the game, you know, when he's done and, you know, he's here for at least another two years. So, uh, you know, when he's done, I think he wants to stay in the game, whether it be on the development side or a coaching side or, you know, uh, on the, on the team side as well, too. So, um, uh, he's been a hockey life for his whole life. And, you know, that's, uh, that's kind of how I see him moving forward. One player that you mentioned is part of the leadership group, Luke Esposito, not a huge offensive juggernaut, but this year certainly has taken a step, uh, in improving, uh, his offensive game. But every time you see a big face off, it seems like number nine is on the ice. All the little things he obviously does very well. That's why he's found himself a little niche at the American league level, but beyond just, you know, from a leadership standpoint an on ice perspective, what has he provided for your group this year and provided over really the last couple of years? He brings it every day. Um, you know, I don't th think you can win, um, you know, with, with 20 Luke Espositos uh, in, in your game night lineup, but you need at least one of them, um, I, I think. And I think every team kind of has, you know, that type of player. He's a guy who, you know, can go up and down the lineup, you know, any given night, you know, he he's the player who we always kind of joke starts on the fourth line to begin the season and by March he's on your top line and you know on the power play um, so it, it just depends on what the lineup is on a given night and uh, you know this year is a little different just because you know as I mentioned there's continuity with the roster there's not as much change there's not as much um, difference in, in lineups from night to night, but in a normal AHL year, when you do have that flux, when you do have guys like, you know, maybe Marodi, Benson, McLeod going up, um, you know, on a given night, you know, he's able to slot in on a power player, slot in on a top line and play 20 minutes a night. Um, this year, it's been a little different. He's been on the same line the entire year, basically with Malone and Gambardella. But at the end of the day, you know, he, he's a trusted player for, for the Condors. And you mentioned it, if there's an important face-off late, he's usually the one taking it. And, um, you know, I think it's great for a lot of guys to be able to see how, you know, he goes about things because uh, he plays the game the right way. He, you know, he, he takes care of himself the right way. And um, it's good to see him having some offensive success this year too. We're talking to Ryan Holt, the voice of the Bakersfield Condors. When I looked at your roster to start the year, I thought the same thing, a lot of offensive firepower, some question marks on the blue line, but so far so good. And it seems like that combination, Ryan Stanton, Kevin Gravel, two veterans have been in the NHL, played a lot of games at this level, have been a really nice steadying presence back there. You look at the other guys that have filled in as well, but 
I think I heard you say you'd have just one player to start the year on a National Hockey League contract. So, you know, at times this group has overachieved a little bit this season, but having Stanton and Gravel back there, what have they provided to kind of steady that group and bring it together as a whole? Yeah, Jay Woodcroft kind of calls us the the battered bastards of uh, of Bakersfield uh, after that uh, movie on uh, Netflix uh, about the the team up in Oregon there with uh, Kurt Russell's dad running it and kind of picking up an independent team. That's kind of how it's felt a little bit on the back end. Um, you know, Nima Linen's the only NHL contract still Kemp's coming in um, here this week. Uh, he was drafted in the, the seventh round and out of Yale University came came from Sweden where he played with Raphael Lavoie for the better part of this season. But, um, you know, for the most part, it's just been Nima Line and then uh, Gravel and Stanton are anchors. They're guys who, you know, laid on the line every night and you know what you're getting from them, you know, every game. And that's, uh, you know, heart and determination. And, um, you know, the puck moving, I think, has been the, you know, kind of the question mark, I think, for this Condors team. Nima Linen's really come into his own um, as a first-year player, kind of unknown. Uh, didn't know much about him coming in, but he's been certain, certainly a revelation this year. And, you know, I think has a shot at the next level, um, you know, with some development, with some, you know, uh, putting on some weight as well, too, I, I think would be would be good for him. But Stanton and Gravel are, are two guys that, you know, those guys in the AHL contracts can all look at and say, you know, this is how you should be day in and day out. And, um, you know, they played seven defensemen for the majority of the season by design, just because, you know, we kind of have two, you know, veterans, we have Nima line on NHL contract. Then we have like a, a pool of AHL contracts that are kind of, you know, finding their way in the American hockey league. So, you know, it's an opportunity with seven defensemen where you don't have to overtax somebody as much. So, um, you know, good for the coaching staff to get the most out of that decor because, as you mentioned, I think going into the season, I think it was a little bit of a concern, not necessarily on the defensive side, but, you know, would the team be able to, you know, move the puck and uh, create offense from their D and so far so good it's happened that way. A big thank you to the voice of the Condors, Ryan Holt. A reminder on Tuesday, we'll be on the Sharks Audio Network starting at 5.30 with our pregame show. You can also listen live at sjbarracuda.com slash listen and, of course, through the Sharks Plus SAP Center app. A reminder, too, you can watch the game on AHL TV. I'm Nick Nolenberger saying thanks for tuning in and so long until next time.